and welcome to episode 12 of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to discuss all things American football again this week. Who You sound like you're panicking. You're, I you'll am be panicking, goddammit. <laughs> you'll be absolutely fine, we'll get onto that in a, yeah, in a little while. Um, so the first part of the uh, news we're going to have a look at this week, um, that's, that's it, that's the end of the regular season, um, and as with the... Uh, end of any regular season uh, in the NFL comes uh, Black Monday, uh, which is the, the Monday after the the, the Week 17's games, uh, in which uh, teams tend to do a lot of their, uh, their their firing of their of their head coaches and uh, their GMs. They didn't even get a chance to get to Black Monday this season. They seem most of them seem to be gone by the time the second set of games were going. It was ridiculously yeah. quick this year. Yeah, I was watching the second set of games with me. My phone uh, sat next to me, and I think Browns were the first to, first to jump on Sunday. But uh, yeah, so let's have, let's have a look at the the coaches that uh, that have gone. So the Browns have fired uh, Mike Pettin. Uh, San Francisco 49ers have got rid of uh, Jim Tom Sula. The Eagles obviously got rid of Chip Kelly. We talked about that last week uh, before the end of the season. Uh, Dolphins Dan Campbell was only ever an interim coach. He's obviously he's apparently going to get get an interview, but uh, he's by no means um, assured the job. Tennessee Titans uh, Mike Mullicky is gone as well. Is that uh, for definite? I've heard that they were thinking about keeping him. I'm, I wasn't sure if a decision had been made. In Tennessee, they might still be thinking about keeping him. I'll just uh, just kind of point him out because I think again he was he was interim, wasn't he? So okay, fair um, enough. <laughs> yeah, just more of the, the the available seats, I suppose. Um, and then the final one was uh, was Tom Coughlin at uh, at uh, New York Giants who, who stepped down. Yeah, did on you Monday see his well. press conference? I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot about it. I know it was it was quite emotional, wasn't it? Yeah, and he was talking about you know build, we build character and and I've only I heard a bit on one of the podcasts I listened to and I definitely yeah. want to check it out. So um, definitely worth a listen if, if if anybody is out there is curious. He he spoke very well apparently. Yeah, do you think any of those um, that have that have been let go are going to fit in anywhere else? Can you see them uh, becoming head coaches anywhere, or do you think they're they're going to maybe perhaps drop down to coordinators somewhere? I think Mike Pettin could with with the previous job he's done with defenses could very well get a job Jim Tom Sula I'm sure will work again he's uh, very much like coach but again I think he'll be more of a coordinator and yeah. he really did take a bullet for the staff there because what he was supposed to do with that roster after all those firings has gone um, is very mm. questionable interesting I don't know if he, if he wants to take another head coaching job or what he's thinking but um, Coughlin has said that he's not retiring he's just resigned from the Giants so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him yeah, I think he could end up somewhere quite. I think he'd do quite a good job somewhere still. He's been at the Giants for years, hasn't he? So he's. I think um, Eli Manning's going to particularly miss him. I think he's the only only coach that he's that he's had. I think while he's been at uh, at, the, at the Giants. But if he's talking about developing character and building discipline into a team and 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 some of the dysfunctional franchises I mean could the Dolphins locker room perhaps use a bit of that I was just thinking that as soon as you started saying about, uh, about what we were talking about then I was just thinking perhaps that's it that's something somebody we could perhaps do with it, the Dolphins I absolutely could see that yeah I could see that again Chip Kelly like we spoke about last week I think is another one that I could potentially see his style of play fitting quite nicely in the Dolphins It'll be interesting to see who gets linked with who and what's happening. Um, the Browns have already announced that they've got an interview with Hugh Jackson after um, our wildcard loss, I mean game, um, and <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> not that I'm no, not. I, I mean, I we'll tell. get to the Browns in a minute because I, I, I'm actually quite interested in what they're doing. Uh, and I think like I might be a bit more positive on it than some others. A few uh, teams have uh, confirmed they're keeping their uh, head coaches. Some some of them are, are a little bit surprising, perhaps. San Diego Chargers keeping Mike McCoy, St. Louis Rams, Jeff Fisher. 
Gus Bradley staying on at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jason Garrett at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Rex Ryan at the Buffalo Bills. I don't know whether whether Sunday uh, saved him, but how happy must he have been Sunday? Not allowing the the Jets to go through uh, to the to the wild cards. Um, and also uh, Chuck Pagano, who midway through the season I thought was probably a sitting duck, but it seems to have it seems to have done all right and has has earned himself a new contract. It's the Indianapolis situation is very strange to me in the um yeah, we had all these rumors. It wasn't just that Chuck Pagano was on the hot seat, there was all the, the arguments that were meant to be going on, the power struggle with him and Grigson. Yeah. And you've got to hand it to him, winning with like two quarterbacks you signed that week on the roster was pretty impressive in that last game. That's crazy. And I'm not sure if the problem was Chuck Pagano. I've I've questioned what the GM has done, and they've not just re signed Pagano for four years, but they've doubled down and kept Grigson for another three and harnessed them in tandem so whether they feel that they can sort things out and go forward and that's what they're basing the decision on but given that the problem for the Colts this year was protecting quarterbacks and what was going on in their defensive line and that was what the problem Mm. was last season and they didn't address it and I've been a bit more positive on some of his draft move than others but certainly his pursuit of the the sort of larger players in the team in terms of both lines has not been good. So I, yeah. I did. Fi- I was surprised almost that Grigson stayed rather than Pagano. Yeah. Well, it's, do you think is there, is there anyone else that you can think off the top of your head that you think perhaps is skating on thin ice a little bit? Anyone that uh, you think might go? I, I mean, I think you've sort of covered some of the obvious ones now. I mean, Gus Bradley yeah. has a patient owner, and I actually think it's good because there is things developing there. But I do think he's going to need that breakout season and actually get to sort of around eight to eight and just actually compete for the playoffs in there. At the Jaguars, um, yeah. Yeah, I think Marvin Lewis might have secured himself, done enough this season, and with Dalton being injured, that if the inevitable loss on Sunday happens, I say Sunday because obviously it'd be Saturday night, Sunday morning over here, there was talk that you know, it was all going to blow it up, and Mike Brown hasn't seemed to have been... He's been a very steady influence in terms of coaches, and, and with Dalton's injury, I think he might have done enough to stay on. Um, I think the obvious ones are all in all in that list of play, uh, uh, coaches that we were slightly surprised that were staying. The one that did surprise me was Mike McCoy. And I do wonder how yeah. much is that just to do with the fact that they're all so focused on getting moved. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably the uh, the thing. I don't think they, they want to drill too many balls when they might be shifting. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to have a look. Uh, the second thing we're going to have a look at this week is the seeding. Um, so going into wildcard week, um, the, the top team from each division uh, is seeded 1, 2, 3 and 4, depending on their record during the season. Uh, and then 5 and 6 go to the uh, the two best runners up. We were having a conversation about how uh, this is uh, how this is done and whether this is quite a fair way of doing it do you think it should be essentially all done on how the how the um the the the, the seasons panned out for them or do you think uh, it's it's pretty fair as it is there's been some talk about expanding the playoffs which might not surprise me given that you know it would be a money generating scheme but i kind of like that it's difficult to get into the playoffs my only issue with it is that um i just think it's it possibly should be seeded um strictly against record so yeah. um i'm quite happy with the you know the one and two getting the bye it's more is it really fair that um the chiefs who've gone 11 and 5 and played in a t- tougher division then have to go away and play the texans at home Mm. It's uh, I can see both sides of it. If I'm perfectly honest, I absolutely I, th- I think obviously if you win a win your division, you you, pr- you perhaps do deserve to to be one two in in the top four four seeds. But that being said, if you're sort of if you've scraped through and won your division at nine and seven, do you do we really think that they should be seeded higher than than somebody who's perhaps scraped through as a second place that's got 
11 and 5. I think you've just sort of made the point is that uh, sometimes you know when it's 9 and you know 9 and 7 in a tough division is okay but um it's not so bad this time but we've had teams with losing records win their division and I don't so much you know this year it isn't so obvious I don't mind so much in terms of them getting through but we've had losing teams in the playoffs and now because mm. of the structure of the NFL I I don't think it's fair or it sort of it causes almost too many problems if you discount divisions entirely because you're not playing everyone. So there's always going to be a little yeah. bit of how do you settle this out. And so I've got no problem with whoever wins the division getting into the playoffs, but I just think maybe the seeding should be done strictly on record. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, running through the seedings for AFC and NFC at the end of this season. Uh, so AFC, we've got one and two is the Patriots and the Broncos. Three is the Texans. Four is the Bengals. Five is the Steelers and six is the Chiefs. And in the NFC, uh, one and two are the Panthers and the Cardinals. And then you've got the Vikings in third, Redskins fourth, Packers fifth and Seahawks sixth. So uh, they're, they're the guys who are going through to the, uh, the postseason. So as I said, with week 17 in the books, that is the end of the regular season. And um, we've watched a few games this week. First game we watched was the Vikings uh, at the Packers. This is quite a uh, quite a key game for both teams. Um, it ended up the Vikings winning by 20 points to 13. Um, both teams were through to the, pre- uh, the postseason after, uh, before the game even started, but the game was ready to decide who was going to uh, going to win the division. Um, the problem we had, I think, was that, like you pointed out quite rightly last week, the winner of the division went on to face the Seahawks, uh, and the people who came second went on to face the Redskins. I know who I'd rather face, but um, it was a good game. Um, Vikings uh, winning quite convincingly right up until uh, into into the, the fourth quarter when the, uh, the the Packers came back a little bit. I think it was twenty to three at one point. But uh, they left it a little bit too late. Yeah, I mean, it did get a little squeaky bum time at the end there for the Vikings as uh, Aaron Rodgers finds a way. And there's been some criticism of this season um, of, you know, if he's really the best quarterback in the league, how is, you know, he should be doing more. We know we have, he's lacking weapons, but, you know, he, you know his quality of play has dropped. And I'm thinking the problem with that is that doesn't take into account the system he's playing in and what they're asking him to do. And that Vikings mm. defense is really good. And yet he found a way to, you know, sort of get in it at the end. But the Vikings are a really good team in that their defense is strong. They're really sure tackling, although typically um, Adams escaped um, an arm tackle and ran away to, to sort of delude that point a little bit. But generally, they are a really strong tackling team. In an offense, they know who they are. And Teddy Bridgewater might not be... I mean, he throws some, frankly, some quite ugly balls um, in terms of how how they move through the air. But um, they keep him within himself. They don't ask him to do much. They run the ball well. And they keep themselves in games. And they keep it close. And they've won 11 of them this season. And for the first time in, I think, four years or five years, they've won the division. And good on them. That's it. I mean, like you say, you pointed out uh, Teddy Bridgewater. He didn't get much going this uh, this this week. Less than I think it's one of the one of the very few times I've ever seen a, a quarterback end up with with less than a hundred yards. Uh, ninety nine, only just ninety nine yards he ended up with. Um, but uh, no no touchdowns. Uh, one interception thrown. Um, but uh, again, like you say, their their running game really kind of kind of um, boosted them. Peterson with sixty seven yards, also sixty seven yards for, their, for one of their wide receivers as well, and Adam uh, Thielen. Quite a, uh, I think it was like a, it was like a wildcat play, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I, I mean, they're just they're an impressive team. I mean, the scary thing is, is Daddy Bridgewater had ninety nine yards and several problems, unfortunately. Um, obviously, he had the interception, but also, uh, did you see the play where um, they nearly gave the ball away when they were just trying to run out clock, and it sort of slipped out of his hand before he could even hand it off to Peterson? Yeah, it did scary. 
theory uh, that that it was it was it was like you say it was squeaky bum time at that at that point and uh, yeah they could have done without uh, without that kind yeah of thing. without that going on but um, I mean as much as the Vikings have been you know almost like really really solid rather than really good uh, the the Packers were struggling so much on offense um, just because their defensive line defensive line the offensive line is so injured and and they've sort of got players moved around and all sorts of problems there and the vikings were getting all kinds of pressure yeah they managed to get five sacks on aaron Rodgers. there's not many there's not many teams that put five sacks on on aaron Rodgers. no he's so mobile and so good at extending plays and, and making the pass if not you know getting hit that it was surprising yeah. i mean the other two standout things we should mention before I let you move on is that I, I did enjoy Joy Sharif Floyd who's one of the defensive tackles for the Vikings catching a ball thrown out of bounds by Rogers and holding it out like he just caught a first down that made me laugh but um, I missed that but um, Mika Hyde's um, amazing interception where he somehow it sort of got batted he sort of his hand was turned around. It sort of, he managed to somehow snaffle it through the back of his hand as he was turning and rolling over. It was the most ridiculous interception. We all went absolutely crazy. You're rightly so for the Odell Beckham catch last yeah, year. But yeah. That was inter- that interception was just as good as anything I've seen this season. It was ridiculous. There was like a twisted arm, backhand kind of dra- pulled it into his body somehow. I have no idea how he came away with it, but. Yeah, really, really good. Really impressive. Definitely worth going to um, NFL.com and taking a look at the video. It is just insane. That's it. And the difference between the two teams in terms of points was a uh, a returned fumble. Um, Aaron Rodgers fumbled um, and uh, Captain Munnellin, um my, my second favourite uh, named player, by the way, um, returned <laughs> returned it for a uh, for a touchdown. Sorry, who's your favourite named player? It's not Randy Bullock, is it? No, it isn't. No, if you, if you are interested, my uh, my favourite is Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Uh, so it was it was my it was my my. Uh, one and two facing each other this week. So you must have is, loved uh, this game. I mean, ha ha, Clinton Dix is just amazing. It's brilliant. It's, it's a, a laugh a minute this game. Um, but we uh, we were both right on this one. Uh, both picked the Vikings uh, for for this one, and we uh, we both got that one right. Um, the Seahawks and the Cardinals was the second game. Good game this one. Um, Seahawks. Uh, well, I say good game. It wasn't particularly close, and it was. It kind of surprised me how how big a uh, how big a win this was for the uh, for the Seahawks. Thirty six points to six. Uh, they beat the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they took early control and dominated the game all the way through. Um, Cardinals' only score was a, a touchdown with a missed conversion. Uh, from Larry Fitzgerald, uh, three minutes into the second quarter, um, yeah, it was it was quite a good performance from the Seahawks. For me, it was a good half of football, just in that they sat Carson Palmer in the second half, and it was interesting. In the post game comments, you had uh, um, Bruce Arians, who I really like as a coach, coming out and saying, "Look, you know, you could almost see this coming all week. Um, we didn't practice like we should do. There wasn't the focus." which you know might be easy to say in hindsight but um the Seahawks came in um I think obviously they had a bad week last week and maybe they wanted to put more right and, and put a marker down for the playoffs but the defense has been playing much much better in the last weeks I still think they're vulnerable to tight ends you know they the, the, the um Cardinals did get some stuff going in the second half and there was an awful lot of their quite beat up tight ends catching balls at one point but mm. you know they're generally looking much good and that the defensive front is playing really well and it turns out that last week was a blip for um russell wilson in this sort of a pocket quarterback transition that he's making and and he had a really good game throwing the ball and yeah who wants to face the seahawks i certainly wouldn't want to uh to have to have that journey and, and like i say it's going to be the uh it's going to be the Vikings facing them. It's going to be a that's going to be a difficult game. I think it'll be a good one. Um, but like you say, Carson Palmer sat out the second that second half. Um, 
completed less than half of his passes in the first half. Um, that being said, Drew Stanton, who came on in the, in the second, wasn't much better. Um, he threw two interceptions and only made 80, 84 yards in that half. But uh, I, I, must, I must say, I, I didn't see all of this game. But it was from what I from what I did see, it was it was um, yeah. That, I think you're probably right in a good first half. Yeah, I mean, it was only just it, it almost felt pre-season-ish in that you know we had all the fireworks in the first half, and then it was almost like okay, we don't want to get anybody hurt, and mm. it, it, it just petered out a bit as a contest because obviously the Seahawks just ran away with it. Yeah, um, this one was uh, another one that you called correctly. Uh, I didn't get this right. It was. Uh, I thought this one was going to be the Cardinals. Uh, you picked the Seahawks, and you got the point on that one. Yeah, I think I did a vault vault face from my from what I discussed on the podcast. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, the third game was was well, it was our game. It was the uh, the the Patriots uh, getting a royal thump in by the uh, the Miami Dolphins. The Patriots are so beaten up. <laughs> Is ten twenty against such an injured team really a thumping, Dan? Oh, it's an absolute thumping. It was a it was a it was a fantastic display from the Dolphins. It actually, was a really good display from the Dolphins. I must say. Um, completely unrecognisable from the last couple of weeks when we've been not particularly good. Um, we put a lot of pressure on Brady and, and uh, he, he ended up, sp- I think he sprained an ankle, I think it was, um, when Ndamukong Su fell on him, which is understandable. Um, <laughs> yeah. Su is a very large human being. It would, it, it, I, I, you know, Frankly, if he fell on me, I think more than a sprained ankle would be my problem. Yeah, I think, I think you're probably right. Um, but they were, they were seriously... Um, Kind of limited to the amount of yards that they could gain gain in this uh, in this game. Yeah, it's it's curious that everybody is so sure that everything is going to be okay come the playoffs, and they just need a week or you know, and suddenly we'll get all our players back and it'll be okay. It's like you've had problems of the line for two weeks now, and there's been injury mm. issues for for like a lot of the latter half of the season. I'm just not sure that everybody is going to be back in time. I'm not saying that you know doom is gloom and, and they're there for the. But then they, they're there for the taking. But you know, we need to keep an eye on their injury list come the, the second round of the playoffs because they could struggle. Yeah, I absolutely agree. They they look beaten up. They look thoroughly beaten up in this uh, in this game. And uh, on, I mean, as a positive for the Dolphins, we it was it was the first divisional game we've won all season. I think I think it's the first in eight games. I think that uh, the Dolphins have won. And um, and Tannehill looked really good. He didn't throw an interception. Believe it or not, oh. he always throws interceptions. <laughs> I mean, I'll take your word for it as a Dolphins fan who watches him week in, week out. Uh, I'm not surprised he's capable of producing 350 yards without an interception, but we were expecting a next step this season. It's almost a lost season for him, and the real thing will be what happens in the off season. I believe you've got a new GM, or am I? Yes, going we mad? have. You, you, you promoted from within, which, given what's happened recently, could be interesting, or it could be that he's been saying a voice in the room, going, "I think we should do this," and they're going, "Okay, maybe you were right." Um, only yeah. time will tell on that one. But yeah, mm. new GM, see who they gets in coach, um, see if they can do something in the draft. Hopefully, not too splashy in um, free agency, because as you can see from the soothing, it doesn't always work out, and. <sighs> My concern with him was the amount of money that you're paying him, and does that now limit you in retooling your secondary? And I, I think I my preferred way to do it would be to do it through the draft with like key free agents, you know, yeah. maybe in the second round just to shore up certain positions and get and just to and to get some veteran leadership. I'm always worried a little bit about the um, teams who seem to have won the um, off season often don't seem to do very well when the games actually start. Yeah, well, Sue is obviously quite a big chunk of the the salary cap, so uh, 
it's yeah. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think we're going to have to do something something good through the draft. I mean, he's a fantastic player. I wouldn't. It's not that that you wouldn't and, and want I to sign him. I actually think he's had a good season. Believe it or not, I think he I think he didn't start particularly well. But I think he was in the wrong system. That's the problem. Yeah, I agree. Is that you know we 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 were having this discussion because we we started this early enough on that it was still a valid point that you have a a, a one gap. Um, penetrating defensive tackle, whose whose real skill is his disruption he causes in, in, in by um, attacking the um, opposition. And you asked him yeah. to two gap read and react, which is completely nullifies the effects of the player that you've just spent all that money on. It was crazy. Mm. Well, we're going to have to see how the uh, Patriots get on. They they've they've gone into this postseason as I say, beaten up, but then and having lost the four of the last six games. So be interesting to see what uh, what comes out. Interestingly, though, we both picked this one correctly. You join me on Dolphins Island and. Uh, and we're, uh, we're we're rewarded for, uh, for it. Yes, I can't say I was expecting them to win, but that was a huge line, and I thought that I yeah. was sat there just going, "Really, with all the injuries in the last game of the season, I just didn't buy it." It's nine and a half points, wasn't it? Something I like think that. it was ten and a half. I think they wanted for the, the, the Patriots to win by a clear eleven, and I could see I could see them gritting it out, maybe. But yeah, that was yeah. just mad. Yeah, well, the uh, the last game we'll uh, we'll touch on is your game, uh, the Ravens at the Bengals. Twenty four sixteen, you were victorious on this one. The Bengals, you needed it. Uh, they needed a win, and because obviously it was you were really trying to uh, to hope you you were going to get a week off. Unfortunately, it didn't uh, didn't pan out that way, and the Broncos won as well. Um, but it was it was uh, that was a good game as well. Um, Rely again quite heavily, uh, probably more heavily than you'd, you'd like on the uh, on the running game. Uh, but McCarron had quite a quite a solid game. I'm curious to see what Jackson's game plan is this week because I almost feel he's being too conservative, McCarron. Because when he does throw the ball, he throws well, and he seems to be surprisingly good for a rookie at pulling the ball down and getting out and not turning the ball over very often. Mm. But but not being sort of like refusing to throw the long ball, but just seems to know when to cover. And, and since the first game in Pittsburgh where he was trying to come back and maybe hadn't had any prep and wasn't was forcing the issue, I don't believe he's thrown an interception yet. No, I don't think he has. I think you're right. Strange, yeah. It's a, it's a good point. As I say, I think he's been fairly solid. He certainly surprised me. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. No, no interception this week, so I um, think it's okay. So, yeah, I think... I just think we could be let off the leash a little more certainly it helps having Tyler Eifert back um, mm. just because he gives you that option um, particularly in the red zone um, of attacking the seam and so you don't have to force feed um, AJ Green quite so much yeah but um, yeah and you know what Ryan Mallett looked alright I mean he threw those interceptions and but there were one or two balls that that he does where they just go through you know, you just look at that throw and go, wow, I can't believe he did that with that arm talent. It was one, I can't remember the Ravens receiver, but um, Reggie Nelson basically had him covered and he got the yeah. ball through through a gap that basically wasn't there. And it's that old Brett Favre thing. If you have that arm and you're going to make those throws, every now and again, you're going to turn the ball over. Mm. Um, obviously, it wasn't great in this game, but you can see the talent and why someone would take the chance on him, particularly if um, he was scared by the Houston experience and, and might be prepared to um, commit himself a bit more. Yeah, I think that's probably what he, I think that's probably what's happened. Um, Bengals weren't very good on third down, though. Didn't make any of the nine third down um, attempts that uh, that you had. Although uh, Ravens made twelve out of their twenty. Yeah, the worry for me is that if you're this committed to the running game and it's not quite working, you get yourselves into third and long. You know the, yeah. the reason you you know everybody focuses on on whether four yards of carry is a good number or not, or not is because in the old days you ran on first down 
you very possibly rang on second down and you either had a manageable first um, third down or you know four 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 twelve and you get your first down and if yeah. it's not quite working like that you uh, and you have your penalty then suddenly you're in third and long and suddenly it all becomes rather difficult yeah well you were uh, for once were positive on this one uh, in the predictions you uh, you thought that the Bengals were going to win it I thought it was going to be the Ravens and you uh, picked correctly on this one Yes, another last-minute change of mind, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a few of them this week. Uh, well, let's have a look at the uh, the rest of the, the, the uh, games this week then. So, after previously looking like a shoe-in for some postseason football, uh, the Jets threw away their chances uh, with a loss this week at the Bills. Uh, this com- uh, coupled with the Steelers winning, uh, lost them the wildcard place, and their final score was 17 points to 22. Uh, the Panthers may have ended their winning streak last week, but this week uh, a win gives them a uh, week off next Sunday. Uh, their win this week was over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and was by 38 points to 10. The New Orleans Saints finished off the season with a win as the Falcons struggled to recreate their performance last week against the Panthers in Atlanta. Uh, the final score here was 2017. As I mentioned earlier, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, win this week secured them a wildcard spot, but then again, it was against the uh, poor Cleveland Browns. Uh, final score in this one was Cleveland uh, tw- sorry, Cleveland 12, uh, Pittsburgh 28. Uh, the Texans confirmed their place at the top of the AFC South on Sunday with a win at home to the Jacksonville Jaguars in convincing style. Final score was 30 points to 6. And that means that the Colts weren't able to take uh, that position, but they did pick up a final win uh, for the season. Uh, this week it was against the Tennessee Titans who looked uh, to take them close, but uh, it was tw- they lost by 24 points to 30. Another team extending their season is the Kansas City Chiefs, who finished 6th in the AFC. Uh, On Sunday, they beat the Oakland Raiders by 23 points to 17. The Cowboys finished the season with four losses in a row, while the Redskins won their last four, uh, so it was only likely to be uh, one winner on Sunday night. The Redskins emerged victorious on the night by 34 points to 23. The Giants will be playing at Twickenham next year, but there was only uh, this was only confirmed after their loss uh, this week to their divisional rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the final score was 35 points to 30. It seemed inconceivable at one point that the Lions would finish anywhere other than bottom of the NFC North, but their uh, win on Sunday of the Chicago Bears meant that they ended the season in third place, one game away from a .500 season. Uh, the game ended 24-20. Uh, the Denver Broncos got themselves a week off to rest up uh, before the start of their postseason campaign uh, with a win over the San Diego Chargers. Uh, the game was much closer than many thought it was going to be, uh, and it finished 27 points to 20. And the San Francisco 49ers may be finishing their season bottom of the NFC West, but they close out the season in style, beating the St. Louis Rams by 19 points to 16. Uh, a few interesting bits that happened this week. Peyton Manning was back. We saw uh, him take over from uh, Osweiler for the uh, for the Broncos. Yeah, and whoever um, starts next week is, or the week after, because they've got the bye week, boo! But um, I suspect <laughs> that um, whoever starts for them might have a short leash, but... Um, I haven't seen this game, but hearing people talk, they seem to think that there was a certain lift just by having Peyton back there. And there's lots of talk apparently in coverage about audibles, but whether that, how effective that was and stuff. But yeah, but they, um, it's interesting that he's back and, and throwing the ball and, and we just have to see if it goes. It'd be a great story if he could do something good in the playoffs or even get that second Super Bowl win and just retire but was that defense is so good that we'll just have yeah. to see how things go yeah i i it, 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 like you say it'll be a good story but I, personally i don't think it'll happen um another another thing that uh, that called my made me made me laugh was dan carpenter uh the bills kicker former dolphin kicker um missed a i don't know if it, I can't remember whether it was a field goal or a, or a or a it was a field after. goal i've actually just gone back and looked at it uh, yeah, he missed the field goal, um, threw his helmet at the ground in anger, 
uh, and it bounced back and hit him in the face. <laughs> yeah, so it caught his nose rather than sort of smashing into it plumb. But yes, it was. Yeah. You're always told not to throw your helmets. You know, these are protective equipment which is meant to, you know, protect your head and so shouldn't be just tossed into the turf. And maybe the football gods were reminding him that he should be treating his equipment more carefully. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Anything that's going to protect your head, don't chuck it at the ground. Yeah, damn um, <laughs> Anything else that uh, you want to pick up on this week? Interesting that um, Sean Payton is staying after the Saints uh, managed to win, but were rocky this season. And just, I wasn't expecting that because the Falcons, I thought, no. had turned it around. And and then and the 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 Saints been so up and down. Their defense has been so rocky that that caught me by surprise. It was uh, it's, it was a quite a good uh, good end to the uh, end to the the regular season. I think it was quite a good uh, good week in terms of results. Some surprises, but uh, quite a few uh, few good games. Yeah. Well, it's that time again to have a look at what G's been uh, writing this week in the blog. Um, this week's coaching take, you had a look at the St. Louis Rams defense, uh, more specifically Aaron Donald, didn't you? Uh, what, what did you think of, uh, of of his performance? Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, as you are aware, I am something of a fan of defensive linemen, and so you, you may have mentioned it. Uh, it was it was coming to week seventeen, and I was I was thinking I can't really justify watching um, a team who aren't in the playoffs next week, and so I sort of wanted to treat myself with who I thought was you know somebody that I hadn't really taken a look at, and so given how well Donald's played this season and what what uh, the the talk about him at least being in you know the mention for defensive player of the year I mean obviously it's going to go for JJ Watt he got 17 and a half sacks and he had a broken hand but um, it should just be renamed the JJ Watt defensive player of the year award and might well be by the time he retired but for Rashad Do- Jones is the the only two words I'm going to say really I think he's had a great season okay uh, I certainly think he's a um, a, a Pro Bowl snub it should be yeah absolutely yeah no I, I, I think he's had a great season but I'm sorry but, but it's JJ Watt and then probably Josh Norman Aaron Donald and actually I haven't seen enough of the Dolphins to know certainly I think he should have gone to the Pro Bowl but back to Aaron Donald because we've got sidetracked the thing that struck me was that he's really good at shedding blockers he's incredibly powerful he's not he didn't seem quite as explosive to me as say um, Geno Atkins who plays a similar sort of um, penetrating sort of defensive tackle position free technique they often call it although I'm not convinced enough that I understand that to say oh yes he's a free technique tackle and it's like I'm not sure if that's <laughs> true or not but certainly um, he's, he, they move him either side um, round the other tackle that he's, he, he tends to attack a lot but he's good in the run game too he's not just sort of um, a slight pass 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 rushing sort of um, defensive tackle and yeah I was just really really impressed um, but he couldn't be um, blocked singularly every time he they they had a single lineman on him be him um be it tackle center or guard you know he'd just go past him and so they were double teamed there's even one snap um in the second half where they have three players blocking him but the uh, rams were only rushing four but clearly he was who they were worried about <laughs> well that's it i think uh he's uh he's certainly a good player like you say he's up there for the uh for the for that for that award but we'll uh We'll see, see what happens. If you if you've been listening um, kind of throughout the season, if you've been looking at the uh, the blog as well, you'll know that we obviously we've do we've been doing the uh, the picks throughout the season. Uh, and congratulations for the second year in a row. You have uh, you've been victorious, G. Uh, one hundred thirty-four to one hundred twenty-two. Uh, so uh, well done. Um, I'm certainly not going to be uh, losing by that much next year. So make the most of it. Enjoy. Uh, I, I believe you you <laughs> you said you were going to whip my you know what um, when you lost last year. And oh, I, I, that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> Does it not? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh- <laughs> 
I mean, in, in fairness to you, Dan, I, I did do a double check and because you pick the Dolphins every week. And um, even adjusting for um, that automatic giving you a 10-game handicap, I still beat you this year. So, you know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I was more pleased, to be honest, with just the fact that I improved on last year's results. And obviously, yeah. two seasons is no time at all to do an effective statistical analysis. So, you know, we'll, we'll need to keep <laughs> this going for a decade or so to find out if it's random fluctuation or if I'm actually getting any better at this that's it and let's maybe maybe next uh, next season let's get some uh, some some listeners and some readers into the uh, into the mix for the uh, on, on the ESPN website I, I might need to be a bit more careful about getting my picks up <laughs> it's only happened once or twice We're, usually it's a game or so that we that we get misclicked or whatever and this yeah. week I meant this year I managed to miss an entire week yeah well done um, <laughs> and, and I've taken in taken that into account in the 134 122 score so you're fine <laughs> Um, so anything you've uh, particularly got your eye on this week that you want to have a look at and, uh, and write about? Um, I think I'm going to take a quick look at some of the firings and what's going on with the Cleveland Browns, just because um, I know a lot of people have been querying, hi- uh, sort of uh, promoting from within and the hiring of a baseball analytics guy. But um, I actually think that there's a chance it might work just because, as you well know, um, I'm a big believer in there being sort of a coherent plan and a strategy. And if they're committing, yeah. and, and at least if they're committing saying, okay, we're going to be an analytics team, at least there is a unified, coherent strategy for them to start actually trying to build a team. Well, uh, for all of that and much more, make sure you check out the blog this week at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? Okay, so four games this week. Uh, it's wildcard week, as we mentioned. Uh, in the AFC on Saturday, we've got the uh, the first two uh, two games uh, are the AFC games. It's Kansas City Chiefs at the Houston Texans is the first one. Um, what do we think, Drew? I, I, I think I'm looking forward to all the games this weekend. Um, yeah. for, for me, with the Chiefs and Texans, I think if we were picking, I would be leaning towards the Chiefs unless the line was ridiculous, just because yeah. they're the more balanced team. I'm never quite sure. Um, game manager tag for quarterbacks is f- often thrown around almost as an insult, but Alex Smith wins you football games. Um, and with that defense and and the offense that they've put together since, interestingly, since Jamal Charles down, they went down, they've almost become more balanced. And they're, they're coming in with a lot of momentum, and I just think that they might have too much to handle for the Texans because although DeAndre Hopkins is a hell of a receiver he is really really good and and could get into conversation if he's not there already about one of being the best you know at least the top 10 receivers if not more Um, they're still not quite as good at quarterback for me and an awful lot is resting on um, J.J. Watt's shoulders but it wouldn't surprise me if the Texans will will win but I suspect it will be the Chiefs I think personally I think the Chiefs will uh, will, will take this one the the, the second game the the evening game is uh, is your game the one you're you're most worried about Um, the Bengals are uh, hosting the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers of all people um, that'll be a, that'll be a tasty game oh don't it's 10 years since the whole Carson Palmer throws first touchdown in playoffs and both him and, and Chris Henry's knees get blown out and it would just have to be the Steelers I don't know if I'm going to be able to cope if, if, if it's bad enough with the playoff loss streak and not having one since like 1991 it, yeah. if the Steelers do it to us again and by I mean I'm terrified Antonio Brown is terrifying um, <laughs> and we haven't got our starting quarterback and I'm <laughs> I don't want to play anymore a lot of that Steelers team are quite terrifying if I'm perfectly honest it's a very good team um, 
I think you. Yeah, I'm going to be positive for you because I, as you know, um, as as always happens, Dolphins never get to the uh, the playoffs, and I turn into a Bengals fan for uh, for a couple of weeks. <laughs> a couple of weeks, you turn into a Bengals fan for a week, and then we lose. Or a week, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, but I, I think you, uh, I think you're going to do this one. And I think you'll you'll go on to uh, to to also face the. the I Patriots. will be shouting. Uh, basically, I realised um, when discussing this with Rachel beforehand that um, the only pretty much she she hates American football for and she's a, she's a sports fan. She just doesn't get the game at all. The only time that I really get into trouble though is um, I'm I tend to insist on watching Steeler games and then I shout and curse and scream um, every bit as badly as she does when she's watching her beloved Manchester United. And so it's a bit rich that she has a go from me. But frankly, I wouldn't like to live with me when I'm support you know when I'm supporting the Bengals against the Steelers. So yeah. This weekend's going to be stressful. Well, I think uh, given given that, I think the uh, the games next uh, next week will turn out to be the uh, Bengals um, at the Patriots and the Chiefs at the Broncos. But uh, let's see see how they pan out. Uh, the NFC games they're both uh, being um, held on Sunday. Uh, so the Seahawks in the first game will be visiting the uh, Minnesota Vikings again. This is the, uh, the 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 winner of the uh, of the division uh, having the the, hot, the arguably harder game. But uh, yeah, uh, Seahawks Vikings. I, I I think the Seahawks probably got this. Yeah, you wouldn't want to face that team right now. The offense seems no. to be clicking. The defense seems to be coming round. The Vikings are a good, solid team. You, it, it's either going to be like a. Now I think it will be like a good, close battle because that Vikings defense is really, really good. But yeah. I just think the Seahawks have have more overall, and and with the playoff experience, um, I think yeah they could be handing the Vikings sadly a loss in the first game. I think so. I think they'll uh, they'll go on to uh, to to face the uh, the Panthers. Um, the second game is uh, the Packers uh, making a trip to Washington to play the Redskins. This I think this will be a better game than you probably than a lot of people may think. But I can again I think it's going to be. Uh, the road team that are, that are going to going to win this one, uh, the, the the Packers. I'm not so sure. Do you not think? I this Washington team, the, the you know the passing game is is sort of statistically towards the end of the season has been one of the better functioning passing games in the league. Yeah. Um, the Washington are better in Washington. And that Packers line is not magically going to heal in a week. Well, that's it's a good point, and they, they've been very on and off this season. The uh, the Packers they've been very hot and cold, and like you say, they are the, the Redskins are at home. And little uh, stat for you, stat fans: uh, <laughs> postseason uh, last last fifteen postseasons, um, nearly two thirds of the of, of uh, winning teams have been have, have played at home. Yeah, um, it very often happens in the um, wild card rounds because you've got a team who fought to make it and then they go home to a division winner, even if yeah. they are the R ones. And yeah, it's Green Bay. Is, it's funny. They're sort of one of the most wounded um, ten and six teams, and certainly you know that end game would have been really troubling for them. With, I mean, it sort of basically seems to be that with Bactari's injury at tackle and then moving the line around I just I just you that would be the one that would be the most likely upset for me this weekend yeah well let's uh, let's see what happens it could uh, could go either way but it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens and, uh, and who ends up uh, facing those top two seeds yes very much so 
I felt that one way up here. Well, that's it for episode 12 of the Wrong Football Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode 13, looking back at Wildcard Week and ahead to the divisional games. Uh, in the meantime, remember to subscribe to the podcast, uh, follow us on Twitter at Wrong Football, get involved in a bit of banter on the TWF Facebook page, uh, check out the blog, thewrongfootball.com. Um, and if there's anything you want to uh, have us to, to discuss or any comments you want to make, uh, please drop us a line uh, an email to twfpodcast at outlook.com. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Uh, we'll go, we'll go, rah, rah. Thank you.